You're listening to the Weekly Portland Podcast, a slice of city life every Monday. I'm your host, Gregory Day. On today's show, we talk with Brian Kidd, also known as the Unipiper. Featured on Jimmy Kimmel, America's Got Talent, and The Bachelor, the Unipiper has become the unofficial mascot of Portland. And this is a fact that is not lost on Brian, as he hopes to use his notoriety in a positive way and to inspire others. It's the Unipiper Unmasked. Today on pdxpodcast.com. You know what it is about you and what a lot of people have told me before I, I did this interview. A lot of people are very excited that I'm speaking to you. They all said that you're kind of normal. You're kind of a normal guy. <laughs> I get surprised a lot when I meet people or if they find out that I'm the Unipiper. And, and that's usually one of the first things they say is, oh, you're, you're more normal than I expected. And, you know, I, I don't know how to take that. Because, you know, in my mind, I would want the Unipiper to be, you know, a little bit more unique as well. You know, maybe that's why I, I am the Unipiper, because it is my way to be unique and that I don't see that I am unique enough in my day-to-day life. Um, but I think, <laughs> I don't know, um, I take off my helmet and, you know, first thing people, uh, some people think they shouldn't be looking at my face because they think it's a secret identity. And then other people expect that I have, like, scales or scars, and, and they're like, oh, you're yeah, yeah. you're kind of uh, just a person. <laughs> the myth is, you know, what you imagine is always more exciting than reality. Every day, every year, I, I turn a corner and I'm like, I, I reach new levels of fame. Um, you know, it's like, oh, now um, I, th- there was the point at which... If I ever heard anyone say the name Unipiper, you know, I kind of had a smile on my face because it's like, oh, wow, somebody recognized me. Now I've reached the point where it's uh, less common um, for people to not know who I am. Yeah. Um, So, like I mentioned, this whole thing just kind of feels like an adventure, a journey, something that I'm just having fun with. And it's very entertaining to me just to see how far... uh, I can take it. (laughs) Right, exactly. And you don't just do this. You have a day job. Um, I work for a geospatial data company uh, and manage a fleet of aircraft uh, doing um, remote sensing data collection. Um, So it's, uh, yeah, you know, a um, tech job. uh, And and then, you know, by night, uh, my creative outlet is uh, with my bagpipes and unicycle. How did the bagpipes begin? How did that begin? So... I did have, uh, while I was in college at the University of Virginia, um, I I played trumpet in the pep band there, and um, there was a sheriff's pipe band in town, and they just put up flyers, uh, free bagpipe lessons, you know, you come out and, and, yeah, and the bagpipes had always interested me, I've always been drawn to the loud instruments, I guess that's why I was playing trumpet, and um, I guess I thought that that sounded like it could be a unique opportunity. Um, and I, I guess I had more free time than I do now, so um, I showed up, and um, it was actually a lot of fun, you know, learning the bagpipe, and it's so different from most other instruments. So it intrigued me enough, and I uh, stuck with it, and it was while um, I was taking those lessons that uh, I, I found my first unicycle. Uh, it was in a dumpster, and 
again, an opportunity just fell in my lap, and I was like, sure, yeah, the unicycle, why not? I'll see what I can do. So I took it home, and over the course of about three weeks, taught myself to uh, ride the unicycle. Let's talk about The Bachelor. Sure. Uh, this is another one of those things that I would have never expected. Um, so one of the contestants this year was uh, from Portland. And, um, you know, in reality shows, nothing is, is truly real. So being from Portland, uh, the, the, they wanted the contestant to sort of play the role as, like, the weird and wacky girl. So to add to uh, that factor, they, they wanted to... Um, have the Unipiper ride around her in circles while she introduced herself. And uh, that happened, and it is just so freaking ridiculous. I'm really proud of the fact that uh, the Unipiper is on The Bachelor. Everything I do continually surprises me, and that keeps it interesting, and that keeps me doing what it is. And as long as people keep responding in a positive light, and as long as I feel that I have something positive to contribute to the city, I'm going to keep doing it. I think uh, if you do something for long enough, um, people, just pe- people will finally, you know, you, you get to the point where you can't be ignored, and yeah. it, when you reach that level, people just start contacting you, and this, this, uh, this year, I've almost discovered a new uh, niche for myself. Um, I've done several corporate gigs this year for companies that take uh, high-level executives uh, to Portland or to some location um, and try and uh, remind them, uh, help them get in touch with their creative side. Um, And so they wanted me to come out and uh, perform and then speak for these people about why I do what I do, which, you know, is actually a question I'm still answering to this day. Um, But no, it's it's been fun to talk to other people uh, in, in that capacity and um, show them a little bit of the Portland spirit. I do feel a uh, very big responsibility to live up to people's expectations. So I, in, in the as much free time as I have to be the Unipiper, I, I'm really careful with what I do, and I, I want to represent the city in a positive, uh, socially conscious light. Yeah, and you do causes, too. Like, you give back. Specifically, can you tell us what exactly? So, yeah... Now that I have gained a certain level of fame with the Unipiper, um, you know, with that comes a little bit of power, and I want to try and use that as best I can to, to do a little good in, in the community. Um, so an example, um, I, I partnered with um, Point West um, Credit Union um, this year, and they have redesigned their debit cards uh, to feature an image of the Unipiper um, that they're going to be releasing at the end of the really? month. Yeah. Um, and they asked me, you know, how much, you know, uh, they would want or they, they would have to give me t- for them to use my likeness on their cards. And I came up with the idea, instead of them just giving me money, how about we donate. make a donation, uh, you know, to a nonprofit or charity in the name of the Unipiper. So uh, we made a donation to the uh, Hollywood Theater, uh, which uh, is, you know, selfishly something that I really like uh, in Portland. Um, but then uh, taking all of this a step further... Um, I'm in the process now of trying to create my own 501c3 um, called the Make Portland Weird Again Foundation. And, um, yeah, uh, so I'm just, just trying to get that going. And, you know, I, I want to do something. There's a lot of change going on in Portland right now. And 
I want to make sure that um, the things about Portland that you know uh, were interesting to me when I moved here uh, are not forgotten and marginalized as the city uh, undergoes this massive change over the next uh, so many years. What can we do? How can we keep Portland weird? Please tell us, Unipiper. You know, it's uh, it's a question that you have to answer for yourself. Um, I think you just have to be yourself and not be afraid to be yourself. And I think that's historically something. Um, Portland has always attracted a certain like-minded crowd. Um, and I don't mean that like in a boring way, like everyone in Portland is the same. I mean like people attract... Portland attracts people of uh, a different mindset that aren't afraid. And, and Portland has always had this um, aura around it uh, that you can do and be who you truly are in Portland and, and won't be judged for it. And, and you know, I, I really uh, hope, I really want to make sure that, um, that uh, people suddenly do not become afraid to, to do what they want in Portland. Now, you can't have an interview with the Unipiper without asking him how he got the idea to combine a unicycle and the bagpipes. And from what I understand, beer was involved. So there you go. It was a particular situation where I was in, you know, drinking with some friends. And it, it wasn't a, a bet or a dare, you know, there wasn't like money involved. But, you know, it was definitely peer pressure. And I... I I've, finally felt, you know, that it was probably time to, to give it a shot and uh, a little bit of uh, liquid encouragement probably. What, what do you mean peer pressure? They were actually daring you to do this? Like, you, you could injure yourself and uh, fall on your head and break your skull. The Unipiper, uh, sorry, <laughs> unicycle is not as dangerous of a transportation method as I think a lot of people uh, give it credit for. Uh, you're very low to the ground and um, nine times out of ten you're going to land on your feet uh, if you fall off the unicycle. Um, but uh, the bagpipes are not a cheap instrument, and um, being a uh, poor recent college grad, you know, I didn't want to uh, take the risk that I that was going to uh, damage what was uh, a, a vital supplemental income source, my bagpipes at the time. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was feeling confident enough in my skills on the unicycle. I was like, all right, well, we'll give it a try. And uh, I didn't know how it was going to work with the balance or anything. Um, but as soon as I tried it, it, like, clicked immediately because just the position of your body while riding the unicycle lends itself. Like, your arms are in just the perfect position they need to be to play the bagpipes. And um, as soon as I, I tried it and it worked, I immediately uh, regretted not trying sooner. You've mentioned that before, and that just blows my mind. It just blows my mind. That you would even conceive of these two things going together. I mean, I have different hobbies. I don't mix them up. Well, I have a lot of uh, parents and kids come up to me and they're like, oh, you know, you, you've inspired me to play bagpipes or ride unicycle or, you know, even both. And uh, I just imagine, like, how different my life would be if I had started doing it from, like, age nine, you know, like yes. some of the people that tell me that are doing it. Um, yeah, I didn't start until I was, uh, you know, like, in my 20s, mid-20s. Right. Inspiring a whole new generation. I know, but you know, I, hopefully, I, I want to inspire people in a positive light. And you know, there's definitely a lot of uh, things that people could be doing that uh, w would not uh, w would be detrimental to society. So if I can, um, you know, inspire people in a positive light, um, I'll, I'll feel a little bit accomplished. Now you did a lot of work with Rogue Ales. Sure. So um, a couple of years ago, Rogue Ales invited me to um, come out and. Um, participate in the uh, kickoff parade to the Oregon Brewers Fest with them. 
Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun and just got to talking with those guys and, and um, how much I love beer and I'm um, a little bit of a home brewer myself. Um, you know, I, I pitched the idea to them that it'd be fun to do a Unipiper collaboration beer. So, uh, you know, they said that would be a fun idea. And um, the next year we did the uh, the Unipipa IPA with a bagpipe roasted habanero peppers in it. Um, and you roasted the peppers yourself with your bagpipes. That's right, I did, yes. Um, I, because I don't know how else you would do that uh, process. Um, but that, that beer was a huge success, and it, uh, it, we made um, one keg's worth and uh, had, had a big party, and it sold out in one night. Um, so uh, the next year we wanted to do it again, but we thought we'd try something a little bit different. So we came up with another idea for a rather unique beer. Um, and uh, one of us had the idea of like uh, just the name of the pickled piper, um, and uh, thought that maybe we could make a, a, a beer around a pickle theme. And uh, we did. We made a, a kettle soured goza with pickling spices and fresh cucumber, um, and it ended up being rather nice. It was uh, totally drinkable. Um, and uh, so we released that in May of this year, and uh, again, that was just a one-night thing. Um, and it was, again, such a big success that uh, this time um, Rogue wanted to take the idea a step further, and they brewed a much larger batch. And um, just this past week, we had a tapping party, and it's now available in uh, all of the various Rogue pubs uh, up and down the West Coast. Wow, that's really interesting. You're making a lot of connections. Yeah, again, this is just these fun things that I would have never gotten the chance to do if it wasn't for the Unipiper. What does the wife think of all this? I mean, did you meet her on a unicycle? She's like, oh, who's that guy? Um, yes, the Unipiper was a, an integral part of how we met. I was performing at the Portland Saturday Market, and um, she saw me and um, thought that I was cute, and it was a very hot uh, day in July. You took off your helmet. I did, yeah. She saw me. Um, she, she later told me that she was worried that I didn't have... Uh, any other forms of uh, income, um, but she took the chance anyway, and uh, she, instead of giving me a tip that day, um, she gave me uh, an iced tea, and uh, by the time I looked up to see who had given me this iced tea, um, I was being hustled away by the police, um, so uh, it was a long story. Apparently, there had been another bagpiper there the week before that was being very disrespectful, and they thought that I was the same bagpiper. Um, but anyways, she saw me getting um, talking to the police, and that uh, scared her away. Uh, we didn't get a chance to meet at that time, but it was uh, about a week later that we ended up getting matched on uh, eHarmony. And um, wait a minute, wait a minute, the Unipiper on eHarmony. <laughs> it, it was a thing, yes. This was uh, before. Uh, this was before Darth Vader, so oh. it was. It was before you know, pretty much anyone in Portland knew who I was. But under my interest in my profile, it was listed uh, bagpipes and unicycles. So she she made the connection that it, it was probably me. So she sent me a message, and uh, we went out, and um, then we uh, got married a couple years later. You did, and you got married in a kilt. I saw the photo. Yes, uh, we, we had a uh, Scottish uh, kilt-themed wedding, and uh, we did a couple of fun unipiper photos uh, in, in the wedding. Are you, are you actually Scottish? No, um... I uh, my, my ancestry is uh, English, uh, which is close, but uh, no, I, I just 
love the bagpipes and um, love Scotland. We took a trip over there last year, and I performed in the um, Edinburgh Fringe Festival. You're kidding me? No, I did that last really? year. Yes. Wow. That that was another just fortuitous moment. My wife um, was she's a PhD student at Portland State in the environmental science program. And she had a, a science conference in Manchester, England, going on at the same time as the Fringe Festival. So um, we kind of worked it where I joined her at the conference, and then we drove up to uh, Edinburgh, and I submitted an application to perform. And um, they gave me uh, the, the main stage um, uh, for 45 minutes last year. Um, and, you know, talk about nerve-wracking. And in Portland, I can take comfort in the fact that most people don't necessarily know what bagpipes are supposed to sound like. Um, but, you know, performing in Scotland, uh, everyone knows what pipes sound like. So it, the, uh, it was definitely uh, more nerve-wracking than it, it was uh, ever performing in Portland. Um, you know, I, I feel like between the costumes and the unicycle and the, the fire, I distracted them enough from my uh, plane that they seemed to accept me rather well. And, and uh, they, uh, the, the reception was fantastic. So you're still trying to work, perfect your craft as a bagpiper, right? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, there. Uh, uh, I have a lot of fans. Obviously, um, there are some people within the bagpiping community uh, that don't think that I am taking the instrument seriously enough, and they sort of dismiss me, you know, as a hack. And oh, he's not a real bagpipe player. But you know, the way I look at it is, I'm I'm bringing interest in. You know, I'm bringing a a, a lot more recognition to the bagpipes than would be available. Um, and the same thing within the unicycle community. People kind of see uh, what I do as a gimmick. So it, it's, it's really interesting. You know, th- there's always people that are going to have their opinions. And, and, like, what do you think about these guys that ride the unicycle for daring and, like, all these, like, extreme sports and that kind of thing? Are you into that? That's great. You know, um, I, I think that's uh, something fun and, and different. Uh, it's, it's nothing that I have ever tried and uh, don't know if I ever would. But, you know, it, uh I love to see people push the limits of, of what they can do on unicycles or with bagpipes or, you know, just try so, trying something new and different. You know, that's what I'm doing, and that's what I love seeing other people do. It's, it's having a passion. You know, the most interesting people are the people who uh, ha- have passions, and, you know, when, when, when they're passionate about what they do, it shows in their work, and you enjoy it more. You touched on this before. How do you feel about these changes we're going through in Portland? Is it... Is it something that we can keep our identity? Is it sustainable, this, this Portland lifestyle, this environment we live in that we all love? I mean, it's why I moved here 17 years ago. I mean, I love Portland. I get that feeling from you that you really do love this city. I do. And, um, you know, it's the place that uh, I couldn't see myself living anywhere else right now. And I want to make sure that it continues to um, be a city that I'm, I'm uh, you know, proud to call home. Um, I, I think uh, it, it's very unclear, you know, if, if we can change in a way that preserves all of those values that we have held dear for so many years. Um, we're gonna, we should uh, look to other cities that have experienced similar change. The, the growth and change, I think, is inevitable. Um, so, you know, I just want to see that it's done, um, you know, mindfully um, of, of uh, the existing uh, culture that's here. And I think that Portland has a lot of people willing to speak up, so I've got a lot of faith in, in the people in the city. And I'm very optimistic, um, but I'm just you know, trying to do my part because uh, I, I would hate to not do my part and then see, see it fail, and at least this way I can say that I tried. You're certainly doing your part. Now, you do a lot of uh, Comic-Cons, is that right? 
What is the reception for you? Do people think like, whoa, what is going on here? How was the reception? Lots of confusion is probably the, <laughs> you know, there's now two groups of people that, that see me. Either someone sees me and they're like, that's awesome, that is the Unipiper, and they recognize me. Um, or somebody who has no idea who I am and, and just utter confusion. Now, that confusion will then lead to a smile most of the time, um, you know, or, or it will lead to um, uh, dismay and, and they will uh, write it off. And, um, you know, I, I'm just uh, hoping that if someone sees me and they've, they've never heard of the Unipiper before, at least maybe I can um, just plant a seed in their mind to expand it just a little bit and, and open their mind, crack the nut. You can find inf all the information you want about the Unipiper on my website at unipiper.com. And if you want to contact me directly, you can uh, email me at unipiper at gmail.com. Now, I also want to ask you about your, show, your time at Jimmy Kimmel. Can you tell us about that, how that even happened? The Jimmy Kimmel show was um, still, it is still probably the number one highlight of my Unipiper career um, because it totally was as much fun as it looks like it would be. Um, the people on the show, everyone from the producers and uh, the staffing agents uh, to Jimmy Kimmel himself were just super nice and accommodating and down to earth. And they treated me like royalty. Um, which is uh, uh, more than I can say about um, maybe some other TV shows that I've done. I won't name names. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, I got a telephone call um, from one of the producers of that show saying, hey, um, what are you doing next week? Would you like to be on the Jimmy Kimmel show? And, uh, you know, I was like, uh, yes. And, and, you know, next thing I knew, like three, two or three days later, I was on an airplane flying to L.A. And um, it, fr from there, uh, it just kind of, played out you know very matter-of-factly and uh I, I was on the show and we did a rehearsal and uh then i was coming back to portland it was just a whirlwind but uh it, it was such a highlight portland winterhawks contacted me uh a year ago and uh invited me out to one of their games and asked if i would like to ride my unicycle on the ice and uh, I said, sure, I'll give it a try. Why not? Um, and, and so before the game, they had just like Zambonied the ice, and it was the slickest ice you can imagine. And I get out there. I'd even bought this um, like uh, tire spray that you're supposed to spray on your tires, and it will give you more traction in the snow and ice. And I'd sprayed my tire with that. It didn't work at all. <laughs> Um, but the unicycle on, on the slick ice did not go well, and I just, like, fell over five times in a row, and I was ready to give up. I was like, there is no way this is happening. Uh, but fortunately, I had a, um, you know, a big Unipiper fan, someone in the Winterhawks staff. They were like, well, you know, this could work. Uh, we're going to do warm-ups, and they're really going to cut up the ice. And, you, you know, you come back up here after they cut up the ice, and there's going to be a lot more traction. And I was like, I, you know, it's fine. I'll give it another shot because it would be cool if it worked. But uh, so I went out there um, after warm-ups and tried it again, and it worked. You know, on a scale of one to ten, I'd, I'd give it maybe a three. Um, I didn't fall over, but I was like, I couldn't really play the bagpipes. Um, but I was like, okay, we'll, we'll give it a shot. So at halftime rolls around, and, and I go out there and I just put on my game face. And uh, there's a video clip of this on YouTube. You can watch it. And uh, I, I was concentrating harder than I have concentrated in my life. And I rode, like, f f all the way around the ice and then all the way back. Uh, I played a song, and I blew fire, and I did not fall. And uh, I, I, I've always said I'll, I will never do again. I'm quitting while I'm ahead. Now, I work for Pendleton 
and I, I saw an interview with you by Portland Creatives, and you had on a Pendleton shirt. Uh, I did get an invitation last year um, to the premiere of the launch of Pendleton's uh, Star Wars line. Yes. Um, unfortunately, yes, I was uh, in Scotland at the Fringe Festival at that time, so I was not able to do it, and I was really bummed about that. Um, but if, if Pendleton ever wants to do anything with the Unipiper, I would uh, be all over now, that. Now, the Darth Duck, is that a guy that's copying you or is inspired by you? You know, unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to uh, quiz him um, to that level. Uh, but this was somebody that I met down at the uh, Virginia-Oregon um, game in Eugene uh, this past weekend. Uh, th- that was just an interesting experience in general because, you know, the, the Univiper shows up uh, in Eugene at Autzen Stadium and he's wearing, you know, not Oregon colors. Um, you know, I, I went to Virginia, so I had to come out and uh, support right. support my alma mater. Um, and I think there were a lot of people that, you know, if they were expecting to see the Unipiper at the game, they, they uh, were expecting him to be in uh, yellow and green. Um, so it was lots of confused reactions, but, but mainly it was positive. Lots of people telling me, uh, a Virginia fan uh, doing that is welcome in Eugene anytime. Um, but I did run into uh, this man. I don't even know if that was his name, uh, Darth Duck or Duck Vader or what he was calling himself. But he had a uh, yellow and green uh, Darth Vader helmet, and he was actually riding a bicycle um, all decked out in duck gear. And, uh, you know, I, I show up next to him on a unicycle playing the bagpipes, and we had a good moment. We got a photo, and, um, you know, maybe uh, one day I'll get to sit down and pick his brain on why he does what he does. If you want to uh, have a chance to meet uh, the Unum Piper uh, coming up soon in late October, I'm going to be, I will have a booth at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Um, people can come out and uh, that's just a, that's a really cool event and this year it's going to be the, the biggest one yet. It's over in the uh, convention center um, so they can stop by and um, see I'll be debuting some new um, video game themed Unipiper t-shirts at that event. <laughs> Um, but otherwise, everyone should go out to your local rogue pub and uh, try the pickled piper, the the unipiper themed beer, because there's doesn't get more Portland than that. I think my favorite picture of you is you're carrying a cup of coffee and a shirt and tie while with the bagpipes on a unicycle. Looks like you're going to work. Yeah, and and that was um, the reasoning behind that photo. I, I, I did that photo. Our um, the company that I work for, Quantum Spatial, we have uh, won in our category the um, BTA's uh, Bicycle Commute Challenge for the past uh, four or five years, and uh, so we have a very strong uh, bike bike to work culture. Um, and so uh, to, to try kind of uh, promote our team, I did that photo where it's like the Unipiper commuting to work. Um, And then, you know, I gave that photo to the BTA and they've kind of used it in some of their um, marketing for the uh, what they've, I think, now rebranded as uh, Bike to Work Month. I also have a a weekly spot on uh, a podcast in Portland called uh, Make Portland Weird Again. That's my segment of the podcast. It's not the whole podcast. It's only about 10 minutes, um, an episode. But... um, uh, two of my really good friends, uh, Mark and Todd, they have a podcast called the Mark and Toddcast, and uh, it is absolutely hilarious. And th- they talk about Portland things um, and uh, science things, and they are very funny about it. And I, I would recommend everyone check out if, if you're into local podcasts or even not local podcasts. It's just a it's a great show. Uh, but they're at the uh, Mark and Toddcast dot com. 
And finally, I asked Brian about his time on America's Got Talent. I have a long history with America's Got Talent at this point. Um, I believe it was four years running that they had reached out to me uh, asking if I would please come to their audition. And for for three years, uh, you know, it was the same story where I, I would show up and try out. And, and for various reasons, it never worked out. Um, you know, the first year I tried out that they... Uh, wasn't even until I got to the audition that I found out they uh, didn't want me to perform as Darth Vader because they were worried about the rights to the Star Wars music. So that was a bit of a uh, blow because that's what I had planned to audition with. Um, but it eventually did work out, um, and, and I got to be on America's Got Talent uh, last season uh, in my Uncle Sam costume. Well, I'm, I'm really glad we got to do this. I am a fan. And I'm even more of a fan now. Thank you, sir. This has uh, been fun, and I look forward to maybe doing it again sometime. 